Hello, interweb. So yeah, my first recording and probably gonna just be a short and sweet one just to let you know what I'm about. So I am a new mum. Yay. So I'd say mum in training and probably always will be and think every mum is. So I'm the first of uh, four of my mum and dad, first of six really and um, I mean my parents are only as good as what I've put them through right so uh, I think they're still parents in training what's this gonna be about I've been through a lot I am a mum as I said and of an adopted little boy love of our lives right now however that wasn't where the journey started I never set out to be an adoptive parent at all I wanted the whole nine months of stomach growing and belly rubbing I have been in practice of being belly rubbing since oh I'd look at mums and see them rubbing their bellies and choosing buggies I wanted all of that so that's where my journey started and that's what I want to talk about why have I chosen this platform because when I was looking for somebody to listen to to understand me to say it's all right to feel this way I didn't find much there's not much out there on IVF, which I'll talk about, on IUI, which I'll talk about, on insemination at home, on the hundreds of people going through this experience without somebody to listen to or give them advice or just talk about their own experience. And that's what this is going to be. So Interweb, hello, my name is Maria and we're going to be talking everything IUI, IVF, adoption, and all that goes in between. It's not easy, it's not hard, but it's a journey. And one that I absolutely wanna talk to you about and definitely want your input. I'm new to this, I'm just setting up. I just know I want to speak to people about the experience. And I want you to know, I want everybody to know that there is a place to come to and talk about these things because I didn't have it when I was searching, when we were searching, everything was, well, there wasn't much. There was one, it was in America. I wanted to hear from somebody from the UK that I could maybe reach out to that could help me in places that I could go to in the UK, doctors that I could talk to, uh, places that could just help me, what their research had been and maybe where I could pick up research tips and bits from. So Interweb, please welcome me with open arms. I'm going to take you on my journey and hopefully through it, you'll open up and bring me in on your journey. But I'll definitely get an email address so that we can talk and be really free. I'm hoping to virtually see all of you hugs and kisses in this world that we currently live in. Interweb signing out. Speak soon. Hello, hello, welcome back. Mummies, daddies, pop pops, grand grands, nannies, papas, pop pops, mamas. Thank you for joining me on episode two of Mum in Training. Today I want to talk about um, adoption. As for anybody that's listened to my um, preview and episode one of the podcast 
you'll know that my partner and myself are currently adopting our little prince. And for those of you that have adopted or know, know somebody that's adopted, it can be tough. It can be really tough. Um, but when you get to the stage that we're at, which is two weeks away from application for adoption, um, you realise actually that all that all the hard work um, that you put in, it's all worth it. We were we've put in over a year's eighteen months. We started August twenty eighteen. And we're now in January 2021. And our little prince is living with us um, and has been for eight weeks, there and thereabouts. Today, that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about adoption and the process that, that we had. And this is not to say by any means it's the same process for everybody. But like I said, I'm going to be talking about my experiences and hopefully if anybody wants to get in contact and let me know about their experiences, get on the show with me and talk about your experiences, that would be really cool. Uh, so that's training 83 at gmail.co.uk. I'd love to hear from anybody that's had any experience with adoption um, for themselves, their, their friends, maybe you want to come on with your friend, that would be really cool. Uh, and uh, and let's have this conversation. So I'm going to talk from my experience. So before we adopted our prince, um, I actually, my, my gran actually adopted. She adopted my auntie, um, my youngest auntie, who has since passed away, God rest her soul. Um, but that was the first that I knew of adoption. Um, she adopted my auntie when she was... I think she was 10. I wasn't born yet. Um, but I, yeah, so adoption has been with me since forever. I've all, well, always known, you know, from the age that you start to understand adoption, I was told that my auntie was adopted. And, and that only came about because she had a different surname and I was inquisitive as to why she had a different surname to the rest of my uncles and my aunties. Um, and that was done when I spoke to my gran about it, when we um, kind of started to adopt and find out about what adoption was. That only happened because of timing and my gran just kind of not having the time to get to the um, courts, unfortunately, to do it. And when she spoke to my aunt, my aunt was kind of fine with it, so it was left. But uh, to our story, our journey started, well, our journey for to become parents started way before adoption. Um, we went through the conversation of, oh, how are we going to have a baby? Went through the conversation of, do you want to have a baby? Because I do. So <laughs> let's make this happen. And actually, it started with, uh, with IUI. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, it's an insemination that's done in a hospital. Um, so, yeah, we've we done kind of fertility treatments for about three and a half, four years. Um, 
before we looked at adoption. So we kind of tested every everything that we could three and a half years before looking into adoption. And I'm sure we'll get into those conversations another day. Uh, but when we started adoption, it, the, the journey of adoption in 2018, 18, 2019, 1920, yeah, 21, I think so. Um, we, I, I don't think that we really had a grasp and um, how mentally draining the uh, the process was going to be. Actually, we had done some reading. Of course, we'd asked some questions. We we had uh, a couple of friends that were going through the adoption process, and we spoke to them uh, about the process. Uh, and I think. Adoption is like marriage. You never actually know what's going to happen until you're in it. You never know the questions to ask until you've already started the process or you, until that question comes around. You're like, oh, why? I wish I'd asked that question then. But you don't know that that's the question until you're in it. So um, we went to... Sort of, before we even went to our first meeting, we called up our local authority and asked about adoption because, you know, it's, I don't know about your areas, but it's canvassed quite a lot. Um, I suppose we live near the council building, so we, we maybe just see them more often. So we done what we thought we were meant to do. My partner actually rang up first and we went to a meeting. They invited us down to a kind of open morning, if you like, meeting um, to talk about what adoption is and how it works and the different routes into adoption uh, which you could do like fostering to adopt where you could foster a child um, and they may come up for adoption and then from that you you may be able to adopt them um, some people foster and then the child isn't being adopted and so they adopt the child which is beautiful um, I mean all adoption is beautiful to be fair and then there's a straight adoption where you go in uh, and your training is for adoption and you adopt a child which is the route that we took we this is it's quite an emotive actually talking about this I didn't think it would be I thought it would be quite um cut and dry kind of black and white but it's not, it's full of colour, um, which is good because colour is good. Uh, so we went to our first meeting at our, our local kind of area um, after making phone calls. So what I would say about adoption is uh, the, the social workers do everything. They pick the call up, they send you the, the information that you need, they meet and greet you, do your training... They take you through all of the, the adoption steps, um, all of the hundreds of meetings. I, d I think that we must have had with our social worker, with our first social worker, we maybe had pff, a meeting every, every other week for eight months. And that was a meeting in our flat. That wasn't excluding the meetings, the calls over the phone. So we had quite a few over the phone um, meetings as well. 
um, and emails. So it, it, there, there was definitely conversation with our social worker every week, 100%. So that, that's one thing. Uh, and the other thing is social workers are under pressure. And there are some great social workers out there. And then there are some social workers, like in any job, that are there for the job. They're there to get paid. Um, But we've been quite lucky, I think, with our social worker. Like I've said, we've been in this, doing it for like a year and a half. Um, And in that time, we've had three different social workers. So it's not um, for anybody that is currently going through the adoption um, and is experiencing what I'm talking about, having different social workers. It's not something that is unheard of. It's normal. We we wish it wasn't normal, but actually it's more normal than you think. Uh, We were with, there's four, there's kind of a group, there's a group, uh, and within that group there were three other couples that we, we've become quite friendly with. Um, and of those three other couples, two of the couples have also had three social workers. There's only been one couple who have stuck with their first original social worker. So if that is something that you're going through, if you are having more than one social worker, really, I mean, it's quite difficult to say don't worry about it because you do worry about it because... Your social worker gets to know so much about you. They're like an extended part of your of your adoption family. So you do get quite close to them and you don't even realise it maybe. And then you have to open up to yet another social worker, another person about details that you maybe have never opened up to anybody about um, and get them to understand why you want to adopt and what the what the drive is to adopt um, and you feel like you've done it once before and you've got to do it again like these social workers are amazing they will absolutely help you as much as you can if you give them what they need and really what they need is to see your emotional connection to this is what I've experienced remember so this may be different, but from what I've experienced and the people around me have experienced, it's the emotional connection that you have to wanting to adopt. And they kind of, even though they're new and you feel like you've done this before, they need to see that because they are the person, they're the people going to the boards. Yes, there are boards that you have to go to and to say to them, this is a good person to adopt. This is a good enough adult to adopt a child and be a good enough parent go through uh step by step what we went through but it was a year ago so please do um (laughs) give me a minute we had our first initial meeting Uh, it was training actually and that's where we met uh four um well three couples and one single person single people can do it um in our group and we went through training. The training, I mean, it was, can I remember back to then? It was, it was absolutely fascinating because you learn so much about yourself. So my uh, family heritage is um, Caribbean Asian and we are very, 
um, tactile. Maybe that's just my family, though. We're quite tactile. So we are very much the family that are like, walk into the house, go find, I, when I say the house, it's all, it's generally my grand's house that I'm talking about. Go and find the, the adults in the house, say hello, hugs and kisses, and then kind of, where's the food at? <laughs> where's the, the juice at? So one of the exercises that we had to do in this very first meeting was that there were cards and the cards said different things like, how would you introduce your child to um, the relatives? How would you react to your child if they have had contact with their birth parents and they come back and they want to have a bath with you? What do you say and how do you react? And these were all conversational. It wasn't one person just being asked a question. So we were in groups and we had to discuss them. And the one that, that my group got was, you're, you've had a family gathering, a birthday or so, of some kind. Uh, you're all leaving. How do you um, tell your child to say goodbye and then there was an ABC do you make them hug and kiss all of the family members do you allow them to say goodbye in their own way uh, and the the last one I think it was something about do you walk them to each person to say goodbye or do you say goodbye at the door something like that so me being from a I would say, for the, from the people that I know, typical West Indian household, um, said, well, I'd, because they're new to the family, I'd bring them to, like, my grand, their grand, my mum, uh, their granddad, to, to give them a hug and a kiss and say goodbye. Wow, the uproar from some of the people. And, I mean, I can say uproar now because we're, I wouldn't, like, we're close now, so... But it was, oh my God, you should never do that. These, oh, by the way, all the other people in the room, apart from my partner, are white. Um, not all English white, but, but all white. Um, and so I suppose, I don't, I don't know if it was a cultural thing, but it was from, from me, it was very much a, well, that's what they do. They go, they hug, they kiss. And then you, you, you leave the house. And it was just like, no, you can't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. And I was just like, well, that's what we do in my household. And so that's normal for me. So then we got into a discussion about it. Once everything had calmed down a little bit, we got into a discussion about it. And we spoke about, actually, if you have a child that's adopted and in their previous home, kissing and cuddling was more than kissing it and cuddling, you could be showing that child that they are again being sexualized. And it was never something, because I don't have that in my household, I've never heard of that happening in my family. It was never something that occurred to me. That a kiss on the cheek, or even on the lips, um, from a child to an adult, could be seen as that adult wanting more and that child needing to give more because they may have come from a 
a, a home, a house, a family, that that was what they had to do. And they're not things that you think about, but these are the type of things that the training is there for. It's there to really open your mind to what could be, what could become, what you could take into your home, um, what these children have been uh, privy to, what they've seen and what they've heard. But to somebody like myself who hasn't had that background and and maybe I didn't do enough research before I started the courses but it was a very big eye-opener to me I tell you that much and the day went on like that there were activities uh, that showed you um, one of the activities that stick in my mind other than 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 what I've just spoke of was a, you have a person sit in the middle and you have strings and everybody else in the room has a piece of string from you to the person in the middle. The person in the middle is called the child. We can call it Taylor or Samia or Katrina, but it's the child. And everybody has a piece of string to this child. And as the, uh, the social worker will tell a story, um, everybody in the room also has a name. It could be sister, brother, auntie, uncle, granddad, grandma. You, you all have a name that is a relative or a connector to this child. The story starts. The child has a brother. The brother and the child live together with birth mother. Birth mother is unable to look after children because of XXX. The string is cut. Snip. Visualize. The string is cut. So they don't that that's a lost connection now. The story goes on. They have a they go to a foster carer. Great, that there's a connection with the foster carer. Um the brother is adopted. Snip. So now there's a snip between the brother and the, the child. It the the story goes on. At the end of the story, I could go on and do the entire story, but I don't think you want to hear it. If you do, let me know. I will definitely say it. Um, it goes on and all of these strings are cut. There are some reconnections. So the family that adopted the brother see that the brother is a lovely little boy and wants to keep the brother and sister together. So they adopt the sister. So now there is a reconnection with the brother. However, that snip has left something. There's something that is, it's broken. It's broken. And how do you get that back? There's a lot of work, a lot of heartache, a lot of tears. It can get back, but it's about how do you make those relationships back? How do you make them work? Mum is able to come and see the siblings, not able to have them anymore, but there's another reconnection. But how does child feel at the fact that mother lost them in the first place? How do you build that back? So it was all about the connections that a child has and how many of those connections are broken and if they can ever be put back together. It was really visually amazing, very creative, um, and just really showed, actually, 
how much a child goes through. And if you remember that throughout your journey, it, you will definitely stick at the adoption. It is a long process. I've told you a year and a half we've been going through it and still our son is not adopted. Um, so we had like three training sessions. Um, those were in-house training sessions. So in the group with the trainer, I think it was three or four. Great, yeah? Because you get five sessions, well, with my workplace, you get five sessions that you can go to. There's four sessions, brilliant. What they don't tell you is that the sessions that I was talking about in the house with your social worker, or it might be at the council, it might be in a coffee shop, wherever it is, you have to go, you have to physically be there. And this is kind of a commitment that you make at the beginning of your conversation with your social worker that you're going to be there as much as you possibly can so actually all in all it was much more I had to take holiday for some of them I have an awesome I had an awesome manager um who was who was really good I um at kind of saying to me okay fine I get that you've got this go for those couple of hours come back to work um so that was really good but um, it is more than five sessions, believe you me. It's more than f the four training sessions. It's more than the 20 hours that, that you might get at work. So it is a lot. So be prepared, save up holiday from the year before if you can. Um, just like knowing that you're going to use it for your um, adoption uh, training um, because it can be a lot. And you, you kind of, you don't want to lose out on, on work as well. Um, yeah, so just make sure you're, you kind of plan that in to your adoption um, training because it's more than what, than what the average workplace will give you. If you've got a great management, then you'll be absolutely fine. Um, so, yeah, we had to do these conversations, have these talks, and in these conversations, when I tell you, social, social workers get into your life. Social workers... Let me just say it again. Social workers get into your life. It's their job. The more open you are with them, the easier this transformation of life from two or three or four to five is going to be easier. You have to talk about your family history, good, bad or indifferent, who you speak to, why you speak to them, why you don't speak to them. Are they good people? Are they bad people? Can they be in your child's life? Can they not be in your child's life? Um, like, like everything, they get into your life. That part, if anybody's told you, is not a lie. I mean, but saying that it opens you up to a wealth of things that you may have forgotten that are really good some not so good some that you wish that you didn't have to delve into uh, but also that are really good to delve into because you don't want to bring a little person into your home and have these things then start to crop up you want them out in the open dusted off shined up brightly so that you can see it for exactly what it is and then you can let it go if it needs to be let go of 
I was, when it came to, to mine, you have a review, you have paperwork, um, you have a lot of paperwork um, that you have to write about. So one of the questions when we were going through ours is, um, what's your, like, how was your childhood? And when I look, when I look at my childhood, when I talk about my childhood, it was fantastic. I had, um, I have quite a large family. We're all pretty close. I have quite a lot of siblings and we're pretty close. We're very close. I don't know why I'm lying. We're very close. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) And you have to speak about this. And I think it wasn't until I was speaking about my childhood did I realise that how close we, we actually are and how fortunate I am. I think you take for granted when you have a good life, when you have good family members uh, and people that surround you, you can really take for granted um, what you have. And that shone a light on how good my family is and each of them individually as well. Um, like what they what they would be good for, where, where who do I go to for advice? It kind of, it shines a light on these people's individuality and my individual relationship with them as well because then that helps me to to share with our child the relationships that I have with them in their many different ways which is just amazing it's like therapy without having to pay for it but having to do the paperwork usually you go to a therapist they do the paperwork and you pay this way around you don't pay but you do the paperwork so it's up to you which way you want to do it um but it yeah it's it is one of the it was it is it still is one of the longest toughest experiences that we've ever gone through and as a couple it really it put our relationship to the test for sure and many things will within marriage put your relationship to the test Adoption is definitely one of them. There are things that I was going through at times. We lost a child in the past. And so thinking of, of adopting a child, having a child that wasn't from my, from my skin and bone was quite difficult. Um, whereas my partner, although yes, felt the pain, um, was very much of the thinking um, you can become a parent in many different ways. Uh, and she really helped me with this. You don't have to give birth to a child in order to become a parent of a child or become a mother of a child. Um, and those words really, they really helped me. It took a while, um, but it, but those really helped me. But then there were times where my partner was, was really down about something um, in, in in the writing that we had to do, there were questions about grandparents. She didn't have any grandparents growing up. So what do you say about that? Her, her family stops at her mum and her dad. Whereas my family, I knew my great grandparents. Um, so it, it was very different. So I know that the love that a grandparent can give, that only a grandparent can give, where she didn't. And so there were, you know, there were tug of wars there 
um, when I say tug of wars, I don't mean fighting. I just mean that it really opened up conversations that we'd never had and never would have had had it not been for this experience that we that we went through, that we're still going through. Definitely going to keep you updated on everything, the prince and adoption. We've got two weeks until we can send off for his adoption papers. We're very excited about that. Um, but as with everything adoption, we have got paperwork to fill out. Um, so we've got an adoption order that we need to fill out, which we're currently doing now. Um, I say currently doing, we've been doing for three weeks and it's a give and take. So we, uh, I do it. I send it to her, she reads over it, she sends it back. I send it to the social workers, they read over it, because there is some information that we just wouldn't have. Um, and we want the social workers to read over it before we send it off um, so that it can get approved. So it needs to be approved and everything needs to be correct. Some of our, our gang have said things like, if you're a teacher and you put school teacher, they'll send it back. Because are you a primary school teacher? Are you a high school teacher? Are you a principal? Are you a, a head of centre? So you have to be very specific with what you're putting. Uh, so there's things like that that we just kind of, we don't want it to be sent back because of those things. So that's where we're at at the moment. A, it's a difficult journey. Mm, I think difficult might be the wrong word. It is a journey. One that I would definitely take again if we had the opportunity. And one that I wish I had more people to speak to about it. I don't think you ever really know the right questions to ask. But hopefully they know the answers to give you. So for episode two, thank you for listening. I've been Maria, mum in training. I've got my helmet on, my shin pads, my knee guards, my hard toe trainers, and I'm going to rock being a mum. But until then, I'm going to keep on training at it because that's what you do. So from me, virtual hugs and kisses. See you soon. If you want to drop me a message, please do. Head to mum in training. 38 at gmail.co.uk. I'd love to hear from anybody that has any questions or anything that you just want to talk about when it comes to adoption. I'm a massive advocate for it and would love to see more ethnic minorities taking up the baton. There are so many children out there that really could do with a their forever family. So until next time, Thanks for listening.